Hi, I'm Hera. And I'm Aisha. And we are the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice, or SMCs. Like you, as SMCs, we decided to become mothers knowing we'd be the sole care provider and parent of our children, at least at the outset. And the Mocha is for Black. We discuss being SMCs from an intentionally Black lens. You'll connect with all the interesting and fun things about this non-traditional path. Like how you decide which sperm to use, the cold, hard truth of fertility, your reality of dating as a single mother who doesn't have a co-parent to rely on for occasional childcare, and what it's actually like to parent as an SMC. This is the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice podcast. Welcome back. It's season four of the Mocha SMC podcast. Yay, we miss (laughs) you all. But we also had a very relaxing, refreshing, I don't know if we can say relaxing summer because we both have kids, but refreshing break. And we are ready to give you some awesome season four content. But first, we are going to have a check-in so we can give you guys up to date on how we've been doing for the last few months. Aisha, how have you been? Well, it's been it's been a lot. It's been very intense, but I think I've, I've kind of found my stride. Uh, but I'm still here. The kids are still alive. <laughs> yes, the kids are still alive. That's important. <laughs> I am going through it with my toddler. I was just talking to someone the other day that like, I have only parented up till almost age nine. (laughs) So I don't have like teenage years or anything to compare it to. Mm -hmm. But I will say that like for me thus far, three has been the most challenging age for both kids. It's like the time when they just, they know exactly what buttons to push and they are conscious enough and rational enough to know what they're doing, but also not at all rational. (laughs) So it has just been such a challenge, but I think the nice thing this summer, at least for us, was that it was the first summer that my youngest could participate in like real summer camp. I think there was a lot of maturity that came along with that, that happened. So Mm -hmm. some of the challenges we had maybe at the beginning of the summer have been getting a little bit better with like just more verbal ability. (laughs) Yeah. I, well, I, I am loving my three-year-old um, age, and I found for both my kids that they were off probably by a good six months in terms of terrible twos and, you know, all the behavior that crops up. But she is just leaning into herself. This was the first full year where my eight-year-old, now eight-year-old, could do camp. And so we did all the camps which I am not going to do again. It definitely made for an interesting summer and lots of uh, fun conversations. And I've seen her mature. So the eight-year-old has really kind of leaned into her maturity and the three-year-old is fully in her personality. So I, I think I am, it is a lot to take because both have very strong personalities, but it is fun to be in the moment. (laughs) So a note on camp, you actually said something that I think I have tried to iron out the past few summers. It's like, we want our kids to have all the experiences, but then when we actually, we actually realize how much paperwork and how much logistics goes into a single camp. It's Mm -hmm. kind of similar to the logistics of school, but I think as parents, we just get so used to it with school, especially if your kids are going to like the same school year after year, that when it comes to camp, it for me at least has been 
much better to try to settle on one, maybe two camps, but definitely try to keep it at a minimum because at least for me, the camp that they went to for the beginning of the summer, I mean, there were just so many logistics. They had COVID testing every week, which I loved by the way, because it gave me peace of mind, but just all the logistics to get their health forms up to date. There's all this information about like how to enter the line with your car, which like, you know, in school you figured out, but like now you're at camp and you're like, well, which line do I get in? Like there's the purple line and the blue line. And then for me, I had two different ages. So it was like one was adventurers and one was pre-K. And I was like, what do I do? So after like week two or three at the one camp, we finally kind of got into a rhythm and a vibe. But if we had had to switch camps, I would have just probably had a meltdown. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot. And I don't think that I realized what it would entail because this was our first year of doing full summer camps. Mm -hmm. And we did four camps, I think. Wow. It was, you know, all this, all the paperwork, the same paperwork. Um, And like you said, the Mm -hmm. the carpool lines and, you know, trying to time it to get out of the house, who needs a lunch and, you know, Mm -hmm. how many snacks and, you know, who needs COVID testing. So it definitely was Mm -hmm. a lot. And so next year I will probably tweak it. So we did talk through which camp she liked and which camp she did not particularly care for. Um, And so Mm -hmm. we'll make adjustments next year. I think that's also a good thing. So I I would say last year was our first summer in the DC area with my oldest where we did camps and she definitely had a lot of feedback and her thing was like, choose a camp with a pool. (laughs) Cause there was like a couple of weeks there where the camp didn't have a pool. And she was like, it's not as fun as the camps that have pools, but I will say as parents, if it's your first time this upcoming summer choosing camp, you got to get on it early. I think people at, you know, your first time you might think like, Oh, I can wait till like May, June. No, you need to start thinking about camps in like January, February, because the ones that have the pools and, you know, the ones that are also potentially a little bit more forgiving to your bank account will get full really quick. So start thinking about it first of the year and you'll be good to go. And then also some camps have early bird rates and so Mm -hmm. also friendly to your wallet. All right. So we are on the cusp or already have sent our kids back to school. I think there are just so many logistics with transitioning from like the summer to the school year that are super important to talk about. So my first question for you is how do you prepare for sending the kids back to school? So this year kind of took me by surprise. I think we started a week earlier. My daughter turns eight, usually two weeks before school. And I usually have a bit of a grace period. But this year we were all the way up to the week before um, we were going all the way up to the Friday before the Monday school start. And so I was not as prepared as I usually am. Just in my mind, it came on fast. And so... I usually prepare because we start getting the uh, emails from school and you start categorizing the emails, trying to figure out what you need, where's the supply list. Mm -hmm. And then luckily, I guess my school district doesn't give out teacher assignments probably until like the Thursday before the Monday start of school. Oh, that's late. Right. But there's not a whole lot of panic. It is what it is at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. I'd be panicking. I, I'm like too type A. I'd be like, nah, what is this? I don't even know this person. <laughs> I would be panicking. 
And then, so it was full steam ahead. I had plans for what I was going to do in terms of school shopping. And I, I realized that back to school is different for my kid or our kids than it was for me. Like back to school was a big deal. You do your back to school shopping. You want to wear fresh new clothes, your new shoes on the first day of school. There is not a whole lot of that right now. It is my daughter rolls from summer with summer gear into fall with summer gear. And there's not a clear like, oh, this is crisp. This is new. It is just like, this is comfortable. This is Mm -hmm. warm. This is nice. Yeah. So I... (laughs) I, I was always the kid. I went to private school. So like, I was like, I get new shoes. <laughs> it was never like, you know, a whole new wardrobe. It was like, right. does my uniform from last year fit? And can I get some new shoes? And it's similar with my oldest. She's also, she's also wearing a uniform and she's, they, because I think because they can't express their individuality any other way, but shoes, shoes become really important. And so there's like certain types of shoes like, I think Sperry's is the big thing. If you have Sperry's, you're like super cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, when did Sperry's become so cool? But okay, <laughs> we'll go get some Sperry's. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely some excitement around that. So with me, I also uh, have started a tradition to get the kids haircuts right before school. Mm-hmm. Just a trim, nothing like, you know, outlandish or crazy. But my oldest is like, when are we going to get our haircut? When are we get our haircut? Uh, and I found this really great curly hair salon. I say that curly hair salon. I stress that because lots of hair salons will try to straighten your hair to cut it, which mm-hmm. doesn't work well for curls. And so I found a really great one in the DC area that cuts curly. And so I will be taking both kids and myself there <laughs> right before school starts to get their fresh cuts. But yeah, th- for us, like school starts really late this year. They don't start until September 12th. And I think the challenging thing for me is because even though they're going to the same school this year, which will be amazing, my youngest is in pre-K and they don't start on the same day. Like they do this weird stagger where like she gets to come in for an hour the first day, which like I looked at the schedule and I'm like, they clearly did not have a parent like me in mind right? when they did this. Cause now I'm gonna have to just take the day off. Right. And then she's so on Monday, she gets to go for an hour. Whereas like my oldest has the whole day. And then on Thursday and Friday of that week, she gets a half day. And so I'm like, so So I drop both kids off in the morning. Then I got to come back for noon with the pre-K and then come back again at three with the oldest. Like, so that first week is going to be probably me juggling my work schedule with the kids. And I'm just going to probably be really honest with my job. Like, yeah, this first week of school is going to be a little bit of a, a crazy time. Right. And I think that, I think for a lot of people, it's really hard. I mean, for me as a manager at work, like I understand when kids start, there is automatically going to be a just adjustment period of like, you got to get your kids to, to bed earlier, waking them up. Like, yeah, luckily you have a kid like my oldest who's like rises happy, but my mm-hmm. toddler, she is just, she does not want anyone messing with her in the morning. She gets up on her own time. So mm-hmm. for us, it's going to be an adjustment of like trying to push bedtime earlier so that she can be up earlier and have her time to leisurely put on her shoes (laughs) and have her breakfast uh, before we have to run to school. Well, I will say, so I did make a few adjustments um, to our schedule for this year because life just happens and you just roll 
with the changes for the period that you're in. Mm -hmm. And so last year I tried because I was, I always wanted to have one drop off. One kid was in daycare, one kid was in before and after care. And so I realized that I was rushing to get out the house to drop my one kid um, at before care so that she could literally ride the bus and I didn't have to drive her the seven minutes to school. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, "Mm." so last year, the second um, half of the year, I tried dropping her off at school, which was quite the experience. The kiss and bride is no joke. It is not for the the faint of heart. It is chaotic, Uh right? Like it is so, there's like, there's like TikTok videos on this where people are like bumping in the line and I'm like, what are you doing? Get your kid out of the car. Look, you sit there, it's just like, Tuck and roll. Get, <laughs> unbuckle. Um, you got your hand on the, butt on the seatbelt? All right. All right. Tuck and roll. All right. I'm out. Peace. Right. So that's drop off. This time around, I, I got hit with um, a tax assessment. So I needed to adjust my budget. And so what I dropped was aftercare, which because I work from home most of the time, I can legitimately pick my daughter up from school. Mm-hmm. It cuts into my day a huge chunk, but I can do it. So I'm trying it and I find that I kind of like it. Like mm-hmm. seasoned moms would always tell me when you pick up the kids from school or after school, that's the most chatty that they're going to be, mm-hmm. right? So just be quiet and let them chatter. And I do, and it is wonderful. And so she's mm-hmm. loving school so far. And she's just so full of information, so full of energy when she gets in a car. But the kiss and ride, that is what I had to spend the week trying to figure out because by the time school gets out at 335, but you don't want to get there at 335. Otherwise, you're going to be half a mile down the road. Oh, totally. That's going to take you forever. And you're not going to pick your kid up till four. Right, right. So I have to get there. I have to leave at three, get there to sit and not idle. So mm-hmm. I take my laptop with me. I respond to emails while I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'll come back to this point. <laughs> and so then I have to pick her up. But I tried on Monday to pick her up, come back home, then pick up the baby. And I'm just like, by the time I get done with the kissing ride, it's almost four o'clock. I mm-hmm. get home, pick up the baby by five. So I literally came home to drop book bags and burn my gas to go back. Where oh, I just- yeah, that's not efficient. So now I'm picking them both up you know, by four, four thirty, and coming back home. So then we take a, pa- a family break. So mm-hmm. from three to like four 30, I'm doing mom stuff, getting the kids settled, getting them picked up. And then I pick up with the second half of my day, mm-hmm. which for some reason feels a lot easier and a lot less intense than working straight eight hours. I guess that the, the yeah. change scenery, the change of sense, sensory change, you know, really works. Um, for me. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm a huge advocate of of hybrid work styles and also work from home if you can handle it. Some people have a really hard time with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me, you know, people are like, oh, work life balance. I think it's actually more about boundaries because mm-hmm. I don't know that we're ever truly balanced. Right. Like, I don't feel balanced as a mom. I'm like, right. at some point, either my job is spiking or my kids are spiking or both at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's important as you know, no matter where you are in your career, especially for parents to be like, okay, I'm going to map out my day and I'm going to block out some time to like do the, do the necessary. And I agree. It's like when you pick your kid up, when you can pick your kid up at three o'clock 
and have that time before they forget what actually happened because kids are like that. Like you'll ask them at five and they'll be like, I don't know what happened. Like Mm -hmm. today was good. Whereas like at three o'clock, they'll be like, you will never believe what Bobby did to me today. And so I do appreciate that time. And I also think it's really important to have a break in your schedule period. So like, even if you don't have kids yet, you know, take that time around noon or around three to go have a yoga break or something just to context switch and get out of the moment with the work. And then when you get back, I think you can plug in harder because Mm -hmm. you've had that, that sort of escape. Mm -hmm. And as crazy as kids are, sometimes they do feel a little bit like an escape because you really can't think about work that hard when you're sitting there and like someone's throwing hot sauce at your head. Right. Right. So like (laughs) you just, you, you can completely get out of the moment. So I, I do appreciate the, the, the intentional switch. And before we get out of the kiss and ride conversation, let me just tell you, I am so glad I did kiss and ride the second half of last year because it is hilarious watching the newbies, right? Oh, not wanting to go to the end of the line, not what, not knowing yeah. what's going on. And that's we all summer camp though. Car. Like, remember we were talking that summer camp, yeah. that's me in the summer camp line. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> blue or green. I don't know. <laughs> we all sitting in our cars. Like there's a whole audience watching you be like, mm, you blocking an intersection. You ain't lucky today. And oh. so, but, oh man, it was, it, it's quite hilarious, but um, <laughs> so there's that. Oh my gosh. And not to mention, like, I, I mean, I feel for the parents whose kids are new to school mm-hmm. because, you know, the, I'm going to drop you off on the curb and run is not for the faint of heart. Right. And luckily when my toddler gets out of the car, her sister will also be getting out with her. So I'm hoping right. that that will ease the transition a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But if I had to just like drop her off and run, like, I think there would be some massive amounts of drama. Tuck and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Um, All right. Shopping hacks. Back to school. What'd you do? What are you doing? So I, so there's, so there's two parts to this question. So pre the school she's at, (laughs) I had to go and do all the shopping. And I will tell you, I loathe back to school shopping, especially with like the, you know, there'll be like 2.5 folders and they have to be green. And like, Mm -hmm. I hate that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I am happy that her current school does not do that Mm -hmm. because they just include everything. And so you just basically buy the uniform and the shoes and send your kid with a backpack. So Mm -hmm. totally appreciate that. But I will say one thing I've noticed post pandemic, and I don't know if this is because of the pandemic or because of just the, the fact that we keep moving online more. Mm -hmm. If you want to go to a store and find a pair of shoes in a, in a particular size, it is hard like at my daughter's school, they have to have like patent leather shoes and they have to be blue, no, navy blue, black or brown. And so last year when we tried to go to like DSW to find it, I could not find one shoe in this child's size. And I think it might be that the stores right now, they just aren't carrying things because people aren't going out as much. Not going into the stores. And I actually, some things I think you can buy online pretty well. And I think kids, you know, kids are easier to fit sometimes than adults with clothing. Cause it's like, okay, well, you know, you're either a size three or you're size four. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with shoes, it can be really tough. Cause my daughter has really, my, my oldest has really narrow feet and my youngest has really uh, wide feet mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just can't buy something online and expect it to fit. So to me, that's the biggest challenge that I have found. However, 
I have learned the return, the easy Amazon return. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I would recommend if you have to buy a certain type of shoe, it might actually be easier to like go get your kids sized at like a stride ride or something. If they have it, awesome. If they don't, then try ordering online and then find some kind of Amazon drop-off site near your house. Like a lot of grocery stores will have them. So you can shop for your groceries and also drop off that Amazon package of shoes that didn't fit. But I would also tell people, do this early if you can, because if you wait until the last minute, everything's going to be picked through and you're not going to find anything. How about you? So, okay. I'm not too far from an outlet mall. So I, I, you know, I take my kids and they, they would enjoy that. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of ordering kids shoes online just because Mm -hmm. the fit and what have you, but a hack. Now I don't want to name particular stores or companies or what have you, but if your kids are at the age where eight and nine, I think is a good age where they're very opinionated, set Mm -hmm. up um, a wish list. Have them add stuff mm-hmm. to their wish list. And then that just makes it easy for you to kind of go through and be like, this is their style. This is what they want. If I can find that, great. If not, then I find the style. And so I'm finding um, my eight-year-old is starting to become more particular about what she wants to wear. And then lastly, I used to not really like the supply list. I'm in a public school. And mm-hmm. so we do get the <laughs> CVS receipt size supply mm-hmm. list with like oh, which is crazy which is, and you can't find stuff it's like you right. know glue has to be a certain type and you're like well damn it's okay because I, I I figured out what they do in our school district is that they parents who can do parents mm-hmm. who can't don't so I don't stress necessarily about getting everything on the list I get mm-hmm. what I can find and I might get extra because mm-hmm. they pull the resources mm-hmm. that's what they do at my school too yeah it's you know stuff classrooms get stuff and then throughout the year they let parents know what they're running low on so mm-hmm. now looking at it from that perspective I really definitely appreciate the supply list mm-hmm. and I do my best I don't stress over it this year I took my daughter with me and she was like mommy this is like a scavenger hunt I was like yes now go find those three those three pack of glue sticks yeah so yeah she, so she she enjoyed it so so that's my 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 um approach to supply list but quick question for you because I this was a conundrum for me what do you put in the backpack I mean with us again it's like backpack lunchbox that's uh-huh. it I think that I mean with those supply lists I never put anything in the backpack because I would have to have like, it's, I mean, exactly. it's so much that you have to have a separate bag. Right. You, you, you and... go to the school, you drop it, you drop it off. But exactly. I'm, I, I found myself on Monday, like, okay, we got notebooks and pencils. And so my daughter's looking at me like, what is this? You're going to school. I have issues with you going to a place of learning without tools for learning. And so she's just looking at me. I'm like, put the pencil and the notebook in your backpack and go right because now she's, yeah. in, she's in third grade so they don't even really do snacks right and they, they oh get- yeah so my I always put a snack in my kids bag so I did but I also have like a kid who and this was this was actually a hard transition from like online learning to in person my kid eats all day mm-hmm. all day I'm like what are you gonna do it's like yogurt at 10 mm-hmm. you know cereal bar at 10 30 and so she she gets really hungry at school especially when they only just have like one small snack break so I usually let her put a couple things in her backpack just because I'm like if they give you a chance to eat go eat <laughs> okay so I will say this 
we're seasoned moms at this now, right? So we've got third graders, we've got fourth graders. I will tell you what was a shock for me going from not having a kid in school to having a kid in school for the first time. Remember to tell them to eat lunch. I have such a funny, so mm-hmm. I, I picked up um, my daughter the first day from kindergarten and she was like, mommy, I'm hungry. You didn't send me, you, mommy, I'm hungry. And I was just like, oh, okay. Did you have lunch? She was like, yeah, I had lunch, but it wasn't enough. I'm hungry. And I was like, okay. So I went to look at her, her lunchbox account. Mm-hmm. She didn't buy lunch. I said, why didn't you buy, what did you eat? You didn't buy lunch. She said, <laughs> I, ate, I ate what you sent me in my lunch bag. I sent her a snack. Oh, her she so, was confused. She's like, ah, oh, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> oh my gosh, but she- do you, could you imagine she ate yogurt and a cheese stick? Oh, poor kid. For lunch. And nobody, no, like who's there helping these kindergartners get oriented. I know. So that's anyway, crazy. So, so All right. So I have one last question before we wrap this episode. I think that there's a lot of moms and moms to be who listen, you know, you, who, who either don't have kids yet, or maybe their kids are just like in the blob stage of babyhood and they're not yet at the school age. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of years before your kids actually have to go into the school. I think it's like what, four or five. Uh, so you might be listening to this thinking I got all the time in the world for this, but Aisha, what would you give as a tip for like, you know, what moms can start to do with regards to thinking about school, be it like neighborhood or the type of school you want to send your kid to, what kind of research can you, do you think that they can be doing in the early stages when they may have like a couple of years? Um, I would even go back further than that. Um, I say, think about while you're pregnant, how you want to raise your kid, what values are important to you? Because for me, that informed everything I did after that. It informed where I lived, how I lived. So I rented until my child was school age, because I wasn't sure of the school districts. I was new to the area. I just wasn't sure. And where you live and where you buy is going to really impact your child's school experience and your experience as a parent navigating that school system. But once I had my, once my child was going into school, I had a better idea of what I wanted in a school. I was able to do research. So I researched the different school options. I researched the different programs in the schools. I'm big on diversity both racial, ethnic diversity, and socioeconomic diversity. So those things factored heavily into my choice of where I sent my child to school. And so we are going to a school that's outside of our zone. So that means for the next eight years, I'm going to be driving her in. Um, But I would say, do, do the research and start early. Start around age three about looking at the different schools because a lot of the programs before you even enroll your kid in a kindergarten for your district, those programs will come out probably a year, six months earlier. Like, you know, mm-hmm. sign up for the lottery. If you mm-hmm. wait until it's time to take your kid in through the school doors, you have already missed, you know, yeah. the, those lotteries might only come around that kindergarten year and first grade year. And then they're mm-hmm. off. So I would say do some research on your, on your, um, the different school districts. If you have the opportunity to, to purchase a, a place to live, wait, until after you've done that research and Mm -hmm. then go ahead and purchase so that you're in school district, you can take advantage of all of the amenities, um, but make sure that the school, the district, the community that you, you choose aligns with your values and how you want to raise your kids. 
How about you? Yeah, I would also encourage parents to visit. Uh, we were laughing in a wine Wednesday about um, this one mom in our space was was looking to buy a house in a certain neighborhood. And she was like, I was creeping up on the school and like looked like a total crazy person. But we were all like, no, we get it. Right. Because I think it's important to, you know, drive around the neighborhood, drive around the school, look and see who's on the playground, look and see how they run the playground. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that when I was in Seattle, I did go and actually visit the local schools. They let you do that. I think, you know, maybe during the height of the pandemic, it wasn't an option, but I'll encourage parents to ask because it was actually really nice to walk around with the principal and ask all the questions. And I would also tell people to be wary of great schools, Um, you know, greatschools.com. They will give the school a number, but those numbers can be really deceiving. So for example, if the school has 98.9% white kids, and the test is written to the white kids, then maybe the school is scoring a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. But I always encourage people to look a little bit deeper because if you look at great schools, it'll actually show equity scores as well. And equity scores show how are the kids who are not white doing? Um, And then also it'll show diversity percentages as well. So you can take a look at what the demographics of the school actually look like. So Mm -hmm. if diversity is important to you and you look at it and it's like, wow, there's only like 0.02% black kids and my kid's going to be the only one, like that's not a great experience for a kid. So Mm -hmm. uh, that, that is something that a parent should really look at. And I also will say that you could have all the plans in the world and then your kid arrives (laughs) and the school that you thought was going to be great is not a good fit for your kid. So yeah. just be flexible and understand that. Uh, I understand that a lot of times housing is tied to school, but like Aisha said, you know, there are a lot of programs for lottery and things like that. So you don't have to go to the school in your district. And there's also a lot of private schools that offer financial aid that people don't take advantage of. So just look into all the options and pay attention to the type of kid that you have to see what the best fit is. And last but not least, best believe when you enter the school system, it is literally like going from the frying pan to the fire. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us and welcome to season four. We are super excited to have you here. Please follow us on Instagram at Mocha SMC. Well, Pod, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, share us with your girlfriends. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So tell us what you thought of this episode on social media. On Facebook, we are at Mocha SMC Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Mocha SMC. You can find additional information on the topics from the podcast at our website at mochasmc.com. Till next time, Pod. Bye now.